I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on Jar Jar Wurrung country. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this land and acknowledge leaders and elders past, present and future. Thank you. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. I'm your host, Gail Wilson, and together we will go through a series of storytelling, conversations and strategies about leaning into life's lessons, the good, the bad and the downright painful, as we journey back to ourselves and back to our intuition. Through the lens of witness and reflection, we will work our way through a series of raw, stripped-back, relatable topics and personal experiences. There will be laughter, tears and the occasional swear word because, hey, life is too short to hold back. So come along with me on this journey and let's talk life. You can follow and subscribe to Soul Care Bendigo's Naked to get notifications for upcoming episodes as they land in your space. So lend me your ears and your heart as we go through this journey together. Hello, hello, soulies, and welcome to What Is, the final episode for 2023. This is the end of season one. What a ride it has been. I've been really thinking about what do I want to talk about? Like, what do I want to create and shed a light on for this final episode of season one? And I've been toing and throwing between conversations that come up for me from week to week, something that's sort of a message that comes through. What is it? What is it I want to bring a broader awareness of? And I think I found it because it was something that slapped me in the face, which is often how life gives us their gold nuggets, isn't it? The slap in the face. So the conversation I wanted to bring up today is a statement that I use a lot in our house. I use it for my husband and I use it for my kids. And it's kind of about mindset, but it's also it's sort of, again, the whole philosophy of Soul Care Bendigo and the podcast Naked has always been about mindset and truth. So a statement that I use a lot in our house is, where's the truth in that? particularly if someone comes up with some negative stories that they're telling themselves or some drama that's going on in the school, where's the truth in that? What evidence do you have to support that story that you're telling yourself? It's a harsh one. And often it's met with, you know, frustration or anger. And so for me, it's all about where's the truth in that? This has come up for me because as I'm reflecting on the last episode and I'm feeling a little I'm proud and I'm also a little melancholy because I just love chatting to you guys so much. One thing I have been learning through all of my personal growth and all of my development over the last 10 years is that sometimes some stories are harder to shift than others. And I can preach to you guys what I'm better at. And I can wholeheartedly put my hand on my heart and say this is that I'm better at catching myself when the thoughts come in or when the feelings come up. So this episode is, where's the truth in that? I find that I have the conversation that goes around in my head and I have been trying to think about where it comes from and I, I kind of know, but the story goes like this. As I was thinking about the end of this episode and i am got this thought that keeps popping up for me, which is, and it sounds so silly, but it keeps coming up and it says, geez, you haven't done much this year. I haven't really contributed much this year. And I don't get down about that because I catch the thought. But it's still a muscle memory. It still keeps coming up. 
And I catch the thought and I say, Gail, where is the truth in that? For anyone who knows us personally and even probably just if you've been following along on Instagram or Facebook on Soul Care Bendigo's pages, I have done so much this year. I've completed a couple of online courses. I've started a new business. I've helped many people. I've ran workshops. I've done retreats. I have helped build my husband's plumbing business and the power and the brand, and that's been epic. I have still maintained my hairdressing. We have had challenges in our personal life that have created trouble and brick walls. And still, even though I say all that out loud, even though I can list all these things that I have quote unquote achieved, there is still this narrative rattling around in my brain. And my thought was, when I talk back to it, where's the truth in that? Like the evidence suggests that, Gail, you've done a lot this year. Give yourself a pat on the back. But the niggle is everything I've done hasn't really generated anything in the bank account. So it comes down to money. And the reason I wanted to shed a light on this, whether you're a husband listening or whether you're the wife or whether you're the mother or whether you're the female and you're in a domestic relationship, heterosexual, gay, lesbian, whatever, if you're contributing, there is this curse that has been put on women. And it changed through that evolution of equality, that we have this equality of the time that we spend riding the ride, playing the game, doing the jobs, but it never financially contributes to a man's income for most of us females. And it still hits home for me. And I don't mean this in a feminine, men don't deserve it money. They do. God, men work hard. They just work differently to us. Sorry. And and we see this as we bring more female into leadership CEO roles. Recently, I sat in a boardroom for the Chamber of Commerce of Victoria, and it was all about females and leadership roles. And there were some keynote speakers there that spoke really, really big on this topic that I'm discussing, what it means to contribute financially to the family and what it means to contribute to the family. I wish my grandma was still alive so I could have a conversation with her because she worked in her early years and then she had her children and she didn't work. And then again, after that, she played the role within the family unit and it was accepted and it was, you know, I don't know even know if it was appreciated, but it was accepted amongst all females. I can say that as I reflect on the episode of this podcast, it comes back to that everything that I've been doing has not really contributed to my single Pringle contribution to the family's wealth. I know, I know, I've contributed hugs and cuddles and kisses I've had to be the one who has to cancel my work when the kids are sick, my clients when the kids are sick, change my plans when the kids are sick, because I'm the mother and that's the expectation. But when you crave to be of value and an equal, why why is that? Where do I feel the need to unpack that? It is not an expectation of my husband. In fact, when I went back to work for an employer to have a steady income stream, it became really apparent in our family dynamic that no one else wanted me to do that in the family. I remember my mum was coming home and greeting the kids after school and she said they were sitting on the couch all sad and upset because she'd had greeted them and it was a different homecoming to what they were used to. And she was like, what's wrong with you guys? Why are you all sad? And they're like, well, mum's not here. She's like, that's right, mum's got a job now, she's working, she's contributing. 
you know, all the things they're supposed to say. And they're like, yeah, but but who's going to make my hot chocolate? And who's going to hear about my day? So I created an expectation that they had that was a part of their safety network. <laughs> of course, my mum's like, you can make your own bloody hot chocolate. You're 12. But it, it wasn't even about the act of service. It was about the act of love. And it also meant that when I wasn't working from home, the jobs that get done during the day so that my husband and I and the kids can all have some time not chasing house errands meant that all that balls got dropped and it was all getting done at night and we were all barely seeing one another and we were cranky and we were shouting. And then I sat down at dinner one night and I looked at all the family and everyone had been fighting and my husband looked exhausted. And I said, I don't think it's working that I've got a job out in the world. And my husband's like, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) And we had a laugh and I'm like, why didn't you say something? And he goes, because this is what you needed. This is what you wanted to do. So we just all, you know, toe the line so that you can taste this and see what it's like. And I said, well, it doesn't taste very nice. I don't, I don't really like what it's doing to our family. And my husband said, no, it's just different. We've just had our existence a particular way, which has mean that you've been quite available for all of us. And that was really lovely. And we really actually all loved it. But for me, I just got in this headspace about money, money, money. I've got to contribute. I've got to do this. I've got to, my value has to go in the bank accounts because then if I want to spend money, I don't feel guilty that I'm not contributing to it. And I'm not even a big spender. Yes, I'll buy the occasional indoor plant and I do the essentials for everyone's wardrobe or a little bit of a refresh as the season changes or the season grows, but I don't spend a lot of money on things, on big ticket items. I do prefer to spend money on experiences and we have been blessed with abundance through our plumbing company. Was able that when we started, it was at a really great economic growth time for our town. So there was a lot of work and then a lot of income. So it's kind of set us up for a while. And yet I've done these courses and I've started this new business and people are booking in and people are rebooking in and they're on to their third and fourth appointments now. And I'm looking at expanding those hours. And I realize mm, I'm just trying to find that balance. I know I contribute because I catch these thoughts now and I call bullshit on them, but they still keep popping up. How much is enough for me? How will I see my value in the future? And I will tell you, I keep getting this message from spirit that keeps coming through that says to me, be careful what you wish for. It keeps coming up. And when we've had challenge after challenge this year in health and in business, it's like it keeps saying to me, be careful what you wish for, but also it's not quite the right timing yet. Meaning, Yes, there are gaps in the system. Yes, you're not totally booked out. Yes, you're not totally in demand and getting validated, but it will come. And then it's almost like it's saying to me, and you won't know what hit you. So I'm trying to find grace in these times with the gaps and the spaces because the truth is I haven't stepped out of my other two roles yet. And I'm really excited for 2024. And the work I've been doing with Soul Care has been so rewarding. (laughs) I'm a bit of a jumble at the end of this year. I'm not going to lie. Thankfully, I don't get myself into too much of a spin because I have these rituals and practices that I do and because I can catch myself much faster than I ever have been able to catch myself for the last 40 years of my life. I can call bullshit on myself and my stories and I can say to it, 
Where's the truth in that? Give me the evidence to support this. Okay, there's no evidence. So what is this feeling that sits in your body that's making you doubt your contribution to those around you? When will it be enough? When will you be enough? (laughs) It's the tricky thing, isn't it? It also kind of correlates back to that episode where I was like, who the fuck does she think she is? This is her, that one that I was talking about, the powerhouse one, the one that's dynamic, that gets shit done, that really sees the value in financials. She just rears her head every now and again. And sometimes she comes in with a happy dance. Sometimes she comes in with a dagger. I like the happy dance one a bit more, I'm not going to lie. The dagger one is a little bit trickier to navigate through, to unpack, and she's bloody time-consuming because I have to sit in this window of reflection to go, what is going on for this? Why is this not going away from me? Why does it keep coming up? What do I need to hear? So I know for a fact there are a lot of other women out there feeling like this, this necessary pull to contribute financially to the family to do it all, to be it all, to have it all. It's like there's this competition that we're not meant to talk about because it's all about collaboration instead of competition, which is true. But ego likes to play the game differently. And ego is actually really insecure. So that's the other tricky part is it's a false truth. And when you figure that out, that's awesome. That's exciting because then you can do what I do. You can catch your thoughts and you can say, hang on, bullshit ego. That ain't real. Where's the truth in that? One little practice that I like to do when I'm sitting in this space, in this kind of low self-esteem space, I think I would call it, where I'm really undermining all of my achievements when I'm not speaking in truth, is sometimes I feel like what I need is permission to not always be contributing. And while I'd love to hear, you know, I think what most women who feel like this really actually want to hear from their husbands or their partners is it's okay if I'm the one who makes the money. It's still our money. We have different roles. We both contribute different things. One has a dollar value and one has a heart value. And both of them are important, essential parts of a healthy family. I see you. I feel you. I know you. Now, Generally speaking, most fellas have no idea what's going on for their wives in their headspace. They have no idea of these inner conflicts that come up. You can bring it up and you can ask them to just, can you just say that for me out loud? Can you just say that for the little girl inside who just needs to hear that she's enough as she is? If you don't have someone who can speak that language, if you don't want to say your deepest, darkest feels out loud, one little practice that I like to do is write a letter to her. Write a letter to her saying, or him, if you're a guy and you're listening and this actually really resonates with you and you're like, that's how I feel. If I ain't making money, I'm nothing. If that comes up for you, fellas, do the same. This is not specific to any gender, any age, any anything. So you jot it down. You get that gunk out of your head, out of the cells that you carry in your body. You shake it all about and you shake the shit out, literally jumping up and down. (laughs) I'm actually thinking maybe I should put a Guns N' Roses song on and just jump around the room shaking my hands. We do a lot of this at Soul Care because it's so good and you visualize 
all that shit story just dripping from your fingers. Leaving your body. It does not serve you anymore and you do not have to carry the weight of it any longer. And then you can write a letter to yourself. Write what you need to hear. Get a whiteboard marker. Write it on your mirror so you are reading it. Every time you brush your teeth and changing the story. If you're thinking, well, what do I write, Gail? What could I write? You write exactly what you would love someone to say to you. So for me, it might be, everyone has quiet patches and you'll be okay. Loving your children and your husband and contributing to the family instead of the bank account has just as much value and you are so precious. That might be another one. That's going to take up my whole mirror, let's be bloody honest, if I'm going to write that whole paragraph out. So maybe you might just change it. You know what the line is, so the thing might just be precious. You are precious. So you write this letter. So maybe let's let's work on this. The mirror is for the affirmations. The mirror is for the mantras that you're going to say to help rewrite this story. Whatever the story is, whatever this bullshit phrase that keeps coming up for you, this feeling, we're going to rewrite the story. You go in, you unpack it, you see what the real underlining current is and you have to get really bloody honest with yourself on that. You don't always have to know where it comes from, but you just got to get real honest with it. So then the stuff, the stories, is what you might want to write down. So it might be, for me, I don't contribute enough. I'm not helping setting this family up for the future because I'm not making any money. That might be all you have to write. Just get it out of your body. Put ink to paper. And then what I've done in the past on different topics that have come up from my life is I put it in the sink and I light that piece of paper on fire and I burn it. And it does make me feel better. It does help. I have a shower, I have a cup of tea, and then I get in under my doona and I sleep and heal just a little bit more. So where is the truth to the story you're telling yourself? As we finish 2023, my whole purpose for this podcast was about creating reflection, conversation with your neighbours, your families, your kids, bringing forward a new emotionally resilient, stable society, and just showing you how fucking awesome you are. And I am. And we all can be together. So as we wind out this year and this final episode, I'm going to go back through and listen to each of them. There's growth in the storytelling. There's growth in the listening. There's growth in the healing. And what a ride. What a ride. So Gail, for 2024, I'm going to go a little bit easier on myself and I'm going to assess if am I addicted to fast and take my time on slowing down in between the busy bits. I'm going to write a few things out that I'd like to do for 2024 that are about slowing down. I'm really excited. Really, really excited. In December, it's our last workshop for the year on the first weekend of December, and it's going to be an extended class. And we're going to go over quite a few things. And then we're going overseas. As part of the soul care philosophy of living the life you want to do, writing your own story, living life to the fullest because you don't know when the last day will come, we are going to New York. Actually, we fly into San Francisco. We're there for or that side of America for six days and then we fly into New York and we're there for a couple of days as a family 
And then my husband and my eldest son are doing a sports tour and they're just going nuts on all the sports. And while they're doing that, I'm jumping on a plane with my two youngest and we're flying to see my brother in Dublin. It's only about a six hour flight. I like to go and see him every couple of years and take one of the kids to see their cousins. He's youngest we haven't met yet, who is just turned three. So I'm excited to go and join my chaotic team with his chaotic team and his lovely wife and just spend six days together. We're going to have an early Christmas, which I have not had a Christmas with my brother in nearly 17 years. So I actually feel a little emotional when I talk about it because I'm really, really excited. And then me and the two little kids will fly back to America and we're there for Christmas. And just before New Year's, we fly to Canada and we're going to do uh, a couple of weeks through Banff, Jasper, all that area at the base of the Canadian Rockies. It's going to be a roughly minus 10 degrees and I can't fathom that. Like I don't like five degrees in Victoria, in Australia, watching the country football. But I'm rest assured that I'll have the right gear on and I'll be moving and all the indoor buildings are really warm. The whole purpose of this was for us to experience life in a different capacity. That was our goal. We wanted to do Christmas differently. I must admit I've been walking around the shops in our hometown uh, this last couple of weeks and looking at the abundance of Christmas decorations everywhere. And don't get me wrong, I normally love Christmas. Like I am that person who has the whole front of their house decorated. I have multiple Christmas trees inside the house and Christmas decorations. I love the togetherness. And I think it's because I love that it hits pause on life and routine. And then I get all of my kids and my husband all to myself for a month. I love it. It makes me so happy. But as I walk around the shops, I am just like, yeah. Dear, not having a part of you this year. The pressure is off. I don't have to think about presents. I don't have to wrangle food or whose house I'm going to be at and whose house was at last year and which family are we meant to be in. Because I do find a lot of that, like many of you probably find, it's pretty tough to navigate keeping everybody happy and and having all the conversations that need to be had. So this year we are wagging Christmas in the traditional sense. We're going to eat hot dogs and $1 pizza on the corner of New York. And I am so fucking happy about it. I cannot even tell you. So we leave just after the last workshop of the year and we'll be gone for five weeks, six weeks. We'll come back a couple of weeks before the Australian Victorian school term starts next year and soul care will start again in February. Will I have a season two of this podcast? It's really hard to say because I'm not going to lie, it's been like nearly an $8,000 investment. And while it's been the best investment in my legacy for my children to leave behind, hopefully in the conversations and the reflections you've had, if that's my gift to society, I'm so happy with that. I'm so happy. Can I justify another $8,000? I'm not sure. Could I look at potentially some funding or some level of sponsorship? Maybe. Maybe that's a potential. I hadn't really even thought about that. But that might be how season two moves forward. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what topics you want to cover. Next year, I plan on being on a few other people's podcasts and spreading these kinds of conversations to bigger platforms. And that really makes me excited too. So my beautiful soulies, how I treasure each and every one of you. Whether you found out about me because you live in our hometown, whether you're one of the 80,000 people who have watched TikTok videos, whether you are from Facebook or Instagram or a friend or a friend, I see you. My heart sees your heart. 
and I wish for you only the very best in life. And when the shit things come up, I hope that you have some skills from this podcast to help you navigate through it because nothing lasts forever, folks. Let's keep this connection alive. Let's keep contemplating. Let's keep reflecting. Let's keep building a bigger, open-hearted community. As always, it is wonderful that you lend me your ears and your hearts. And I'm so grateful and proud of what we have accomplished together. Take care and finish 2023 with an absolute bang. Thank you so much for your time and your support. This is Gail Wilson, and you've been listening to Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. And that's all for today, folks. As always, thank you for letting me your ears and your hearts. I feel so grateful and blessed to be able to share these stories with you and bring us together as a community. This is Gail Wilson, and this is Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so that you get notifications on the next episode as it lands. Take care and just be kind to yourself.